everyone, and welcome back for episode 23 of the Simply One Podcast. I'm your host, Colin, and I'm joined by my co-host, Chris. How are we doing, everybody? We're just a couple of best friends who are passionate about all things pop culture. If you're looking for lukewarm takes on movies, video games, TV shows, or even the occasional comic, then we've got the show for you. Yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. And this week, <laughs> just start getting dumb. Wild. Uh, did you say wild? Wild, and then you start making seal noises. Get your bucket, Gerald. Fire. Uh, no, this week we're going to be looking at the Hulu exclusive Predator prequel, Prey. Uh, we've been looking forward to this one for as long as we've been doing the show, actually. This was mm-hmm. news pretty early on in the show that this was in production. Uh, yeah. And I'm very excited to talk about it. Uh, I think you're pretty excited to talk about it. Well, we'll find out. I like to keep them on the show. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, but we do have to talk about our unintentionally DC-focused like news for the week. Mm. What was that? What was that? Mm. Uh, mm-hmm. You went, mm. Mm. Uh, I don't, I don't know, DC's Why use blown. many words when few words do better? That's correct. Like Harvard? <laughs> no, so, straight up, uh, we got the first teaser for Joker Fully Adieu. Yeah, what were you saying about, uh, about DC over there? I know how you feel you about said, Joker. You said Joker too? Yep. Yeah. Uh, go ahead. I was going to say, for jo- uh, you said a teaser? Yeah. Oh, I haven't seen it yet. Oh, should I watch it and we'll clip it and then... <laughs> clip it! Well, no, okay. I'll give my opinion before, and then I'll watch the trailer, and then I'll give my I'm opinion. I'm going to tell after. you, it's not. there's no footage or anything. It's literally just a little animated thing. Oh. little animated thing? Yeah, yeah. Look it up real quick. It's like 20 seconds. Yeah, 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 yeah. Joker 2. I forget I have to assign homework to if I want us to be all up on up to date and on the same page. Mm-hmm. Uh why is it all French? The title of the movie is Fully I Do. It's not what Do you need me to find it and send it to you? I got it. Alright. Did you find it? Yes, I got it. Second. No, it keeps giving me just articles. Jesus. Watch that fucking video. Whoa. I literally looked up Joker 2 teaser. And it it was contains like content topic. from UMG who has blocked it on display. Alright, so I, I got it. Link. I got it. I got it. Okay. Like. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't realize I was going to have to hold your hand here. Okay. Yeah, there you go. Just yeah, just a little short little animated yeah. thing. Yeah, so yeah, we got that. Uh we got the cancellation of HBO Max's Batgirl film. Oh uh, yeah. And then Warner Brothers Discovery's ten year plan for DC. Alright. Mm-hmm. Let's dive in. Mm-hmm. Here, here, let's yeah, let's dive. What do you say? Yeah. Oh I'm <laughs> I'm diving. Yes. I got my, my cap on, baby. Let's get in for a dip. <laughs> Lady Gaga confirmed the news. Uh, previously reported that she would be starring opposite Joaquin Phoenix in the Joker sequel, Joker, Fully Adieu. Uh, so she posted a brief animated teaser on her Twitter uh, that uh, seems to have like a vaudevillian tone almost. Mm-hmm. 
which I think might be an interesting direction to take it since it's supposedly a, a musical. Uh, and I think vaudeville would kind of fit in with the, you know, the painted face clown kind of motif thing. Right, right. Uh, we got a release date of October 4th of 2024, which is over two years away. And we still don't know if the role is indeed Harley Quinn or not, but it seems likely. Yeah, as you know, but just from the teaser that I, you know, we just yeah. watched, it, it seems like a love interest. I got the heart on the face like Harley Quinn. Yeah, yeah and I could see Gaga being a Harley Quinn. I mean, that, mm. that would make sense. Uh, but yeah, so I mean, it was really just a confirmation that she's going to be in it. We got a release date, and it's like, okay, things are moving, right? Right. Uh, yeah, you know, I know I've said it before, and I'll say it again. I don't mean to sound like a broken record. I'm okay with things being, you know, being pushed off a little longer, as long as they're good. Yeah. Good things come to those that wait. Right. And sometimes you get fucked over in the end, but, you know. And then, then we, the, we riot. You figure Morbius got delayed. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> what are you talking about? Are you talking Mor- Morbius? What's that? Yeah. Morbius was gas. Dude, I really wish that we'd somehow tricked him into releasing it a third time. <laughs> I love that petition. That was something to the effect of uh, <laughs> Sony released, released uh, Morbius again. We were all busy that weekend. Oh, my God. Oh, man. That'd be classic. And you know they would too. Yeah, yeah, and then just not show up again. <laughs> <laughs> How many times can we release it? Get them to release it and then just not show up. Just milk it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, so I mean, that's really all I had about the the Joker sequel. That was I threw that in more for you, and as a yeah. follow up on some of our our news that we talked about earlier in the year. Well, I was gonna say I'm indifferent because I really don't see how they're gonna fit a a musical in there. But I'm not, you know, I'm not opposed of it per se, because I feel, especially with this little trailer and like the style that it seems, if it is a continuing that, I could definitely see something, you know, happen and um, out of it, you know, making it a musical or anything like that. And uh, I could see them playing with the idea of like, because if if it is Harley Quinn and she is in fact like his psychiatrist in Arkham, considering mm-hmm. at the end of of Joker he is in. You know, Arkham, basically a, a white cell, you know. Mm-hmm. Or yeah, it's not confirmed Arkham, but uh, an asylum. Yeah, it's basically. But uh, I could see maybe the idea being like, you know, his world sucks and it's bland and all that, and then he meets her, and now it's like then it becomes a musical where it's that idea of like he's unhinged and she's kind of brought this beauty and this music into his life, you know. Well, also, everything well, becomes more fantastical now that he has her. I was also gonna say, you know. He says, and this could be way off. This is just, I'm just speaking out of my ass, but that's all I do. Um, you know, the, the first one, he says a couple different times, I, I believe. Um, have, or no, just the once, I guess, when he kills his mother. Spoiler alert. Uh, that, you know, he thinks his life's been a drama, but it turns out it's been a comedy. It's a comedy. And I could see maybe them playing in there somehow, like, a musical. I don't know, you know, it's creative and it's different, so I'm sure. No. Why not? Why not? Yes. I'm not, a, no, I'm not upset up. about it yet. And then you get some cringy incels going, oh man, now I gotta figure out if I like musicals or not. I like musicals. I didn't say you were a cringy incel. Oh, I was like, I like musicals, what are you talking about? But I guess if you identify with that statement, you know, more power to you, bub. I will say, I, I'm 
not picky, but a little. I like certain musicals. Yeah. Hamilton like was really good. Musicals. Yeah. Hamilton was really, really good. Guns and yeah. Chips is my favorite song by them. That's a really good one. Um, I was in a musical in high school. Yeah. Granted, I worked backstage, but anything goes. Anything goes. Yeah, I just wasn't going to. I, I ain't got pipes on me. I can't sing like that. With, right. Literally without doing like the, the 50s, the anything go. Yeah, putting the transatlantic on there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, yes, you know, I think music <laughs> a little cool bit on I feel like the radio tin on it, you know. Well, <laughs> yeah. I didn't say now. Yeah. yeah. Um, but see, so, yeah, no, I'm, I'm open to the musical idea. I'm not against it or anything yet. Yeah. Now, if they drop so, this first trailer and it looks ass, then. It looks like absolute dookie. Dukeville. It might be. Yeah. Duke, Duke Nation. USA. Duke Nation. <laughs> yeah, so. Dick kick him. Dick kick him. While in the final stages of post-production, Warner Brothers Discovery has decided not to release Batgirl on any platform or even in theaters. So uh, this seems to be a part of the company's like cost-cutting mandate where they want a heavy focus on theatrical releases of tentpole, tentpole films uh, with budgets of $90 million or more. Uh, the Batgirl was greenlit at $70 million and was starring Leslie Grace, Brendan Fraser, and Michael Keaton reprising his role as Batman. So, like, that sounds like a pretty banger to me. Like, I, yeah. I, I go, I'd peep that. But uh, the cancellation did come to a shock, come as a shock to all involved, uh, and it even resulted in Kevin Feige reaching out via email to the filmmakers who directed two of the episodes of the recent Ms. Marvel series. Mm -hmm. And he just emailed him and he said, My friends... I had to reach out and let you know. Uh, we're all thinking about you both because of the wonderful news about the wedding. Congrats. I think one of them got married. Uh, mm. One of the two directors. And the disappointing news about Batgirl. Very proud of you guys and all the amazing work you do, and particularly Ms. Marvel, of course. Can't wait to see what is next for you. Hope to see you soon. And, uh, yeah. So everybody was kind of kind of bummed. I, I do like the, the, uh, the interpersonal skills of Kevin Feige there to be like, this is a networking opportunity to reach out and remind them they always have a home here, you know? <laughs> All right, yeah, but I'm I'm not gonna lie, dude. Like that's kind of fucked up. The, the movie was yeah. finished. It was it done. Was done. Everything. Yeah, and there's like, nah. It's like, dude, all that hard work that was put into, you know, because like by everybody, yeah, right. You know, and that's what I was literally what I was about to get into. Is like, yeah, I mean, it's acting, and a lot of people don't look at acting as a job, but I mean, it is. It it can it be. Is. You know, yeah. if if you have a passion for it and you love to do it, sure, it doesn't feel like work, but I mean, you know, at the end of the day, work is work. Right. And uh, so, you know, all these people, you know, on camera, behind camera, you know. Right. I mean, people like, had to write it, light it, you know. Right. You feed know, the staff and crew. I mean, everybody worked on that job. People's uh, time was put into it. Yeah. yeah. And they just said, fuck it. Nah. Yeah. Pass. Yeah. Pa pass. And it is like an odd, weird move. Like you said, I mean, first of all, like I said, $70 million. Like, but apparently there's some sort of. With it being a movie that was already in production when the merger took place, mm. um, there's some sort of write-up, or sorry, I forget how they phrase it, but basically, it sounds like they can potentially write off the cost as part of the merger, and basically just not take a, a monetary hit on just throwing away a $70 million movie. I mean, so I guess. That's, so that's, from a money standpoint, they must have just been like, and I've heard conflicting reports of like, on the one hand, People were talking about it, it sounded like a really good movie, but then on the other hand, uh, people that saw early screenings and stuff 
talking about it being dog ass. So I don't know if it was a combo of all three things, you know, saving money. Uh, and then apparently one of the other things was that it might impact the the path of like the multiversal stories they're going to st- uh, start telling following the Flash. So I don't know, maybe it just didn't didn't fit in for them, and they're trying to trim the branches off this thing and get back to to what what the core is going to be for the future of of DC. I guess, yeah, but it just sucks that an entirely finished movie. I mean, right, it was in post; know. it was almost done with post. All they had to do was release the thing. Right, and that's my thing is like I don't see the harm in just throwing it out there, at least on something, you know? Right. So, I mean, that does kind of lead in to, to that last bit of news I had about the uh, the 10-year plan that, that was mentioned. So, yeah. during an investor call for quarter two, uh, Warner Brothers Discovery CEO David Zaslav held a Q&A session in there where mm-hmm. the, you know, the investors got to ask questions and, you know, try and get a little bit of insight into the future of the company and, and some of the moves, right, that's going to affect their stock. And uh, when he was asked about the Batgirl cancellation, he responded basically with, uh, we're not going to launch a movie until it's ready. And uh, which is like a hardcore, basically, like that movie wasn't going to be a finished product ever. Right. So apparently he didn't like what he saw. Right. Uh, And he he went on to express his desire and commitment to a 10 year plan for DC, uh, not dissimilar from what Kevin Feige and Marvel Studios have in place of mm-hmm. knowing where we're headed over the next 10 years, right? Which, you know, not a bad idea, right? To right know it's always going. good to plan. It's always good. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah it's, it's nice to not just spit in the wind and see what sticks, right? Right. Um, and it's, it is a double-edged thing of, okay, yeah, but what if you stick to it? You know, you set out a 10-year plan, and then the as you, st- you, know, you start having bad movies. You know what I mean? Are you right. stuck in a 10-year commitment to this shitty path? Or, you know what I mean? So that's where the quality thing has to come in as well. Um, So, yeah, the quote that he has is, Our ambition is to bring Warners back and produce great, high-quality films. Uh, We can build a long-term, sustainable growth business out of D.C. We're not releasing a film before it's ready. And he added that the focus is to make the films as good as possible. So, it sounds like when he was talking further, apparently his main concern, uh, one of his main concerns with Batgirl, was making a movie that was too expensive to release on streaming, uh, but not expensive enough to turn a profit on a theatrical run, basically. Where, you know, there's this idea that, like, the mid-budget movie is kind of gone. Because if you spend $50 million on a movie, there's not going to be enough there to make money back on it. Which is why you see either, like, a $200 million movie, where it's like, okay, yeah, we put so much money into this thing that it's just, it's gonna make money. Or you see like a five million dollar movie where even if it only makes twenty million bucks, you get a pretty intense return on investment, and then you run the risk of getting a, a you know a Paranormal Activity, which was one of the like highest grossing like percentage wise films of all time, where the mm-hmm. budget on that was like eighty thousand dollars and it made over like a hundred million dollars. Yeah. Or even a good example from this year is uh, everything. Any uh, yeah. Everything Everywhere All at Once just crossed $100 million on like a $15 million budget. You know, I was just talking about uh, the other, I I think it might have been yesterday or the the day prior. Um, It was, let me pull it up. I'm just pulling it up. So Shrek, like, you know, over the weekend I went to a, a little water, like an indoor water park, just a little fun little getaway, right? Yeah. And, um, 
you know, Shrek, you know, in the hotel, Shrek was just playing. So we're all like, you know, watching Shrek. And uh, I was like, you know, unironically, I think Shrek's really good. Yeah. Like, you know, I think Shrek is, is, is a good movie, has an okay plot and everything like that. And I got to think, I was like, you know, Shrek was everywhere at once. Oh, yeah, it was the thing. Right. And so I looked up, you know, and I just pulled it up here. Shrek's budget was 60 million, right? Yeah. And they made 487.9 million. Yeah. It's like, holy shit, right? So it's like. Right, now look up Shrek 2. Oh, Shrek 2 is even more. Shrek 2 is yeah. their best one. Yeah, let's see here. Yeah, they made nine nine 928.7 million. So they almost then... made a billion dollars in what, 2002? Yeah. <laughs> Dude, yeah. Like, they made so much money. And Shrek like 2's, again... Spider-Man, that's Spider-Man money. Yeah, Shrek I think Spider-Man really made a billion fucking dollars. Good. Yeah, it is. Yeah, that's good I think you that's funny that you Shrek. brought that up. Yeah, I think it's funny you brought that up because I was just thinking, thinking and talking about that. Yeah, but uh, basically, uh, when he was talking about, uh, sorry, back to DC here. Yeah, uh, sorry. No, 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 you're good. On the future of DC, Zaslav said, "We have seen the Flash, Black Adam, and Shazam two, and we're very excited about them. We've seen them. We think they're terrific, and we think we can make them even better." So uh, he he talked about the fact that. The Flash is staying on, like, it's going to make its release date. It's on schedule, and it is going to release. Like, he's he's behind it still. Uh, it, oh, my God. <laughs> despite the fact that I, I don't want to get into it too heavily, but literally as I was looking for news to, to put in the episode this week, there's something about Ezra Miller getting charged with burglary. <laughs> <laughs> no, dude, this guy, he's... He's they're an animal. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, dude, how are you gonna keep back in Ezra and the Flash when it's just it's not good? Like they, they <laughs> can't get getting away with it. <laughs> they're committing heinous crimes. Yeah. So uh <laughs> Uh, in the article that I read from Deadline, they mentioned that people who have, though, this is the thing, like, I think this is why, why they're just sticking behind them, uh, is that the the Deadline article, they mentioned that people who've seen screeners of The Flash have all talked about how it is, like, a banger. Like, it is fantastic. And, like, they've been blown away by it, with some even comparing it to, like, Spider-Man No Way Home and the way that they felt when they saw that. Uh, and, like, because there's some Ben Affleck, Michael Keaton, multiversal stuff, apparently. Mm. Uh, and then just in general, like, the hype and the tone and that they had a really good time with it. Yeah, apparently it's probably, uh, from what I'm gathering, like, the best received, like, pre-screenings that they've gotten out of any of their movies. So they're like, yep, sorry, we're going to have to go with this thing, regardless of how uh, disastrous the lead is right now. I just imagine Ezra Miller, like, breaking into somebody's house. And then they call the police. Apparently, and he, apparently and they were stealing booze. <laughs> and they're oh, like, no. can't catch me on the flash. And they start running. They just get fucking sacked by a cop. <laughs> yeah. So let's just, yeah. It is a weird predicament to find themselves in where they're like, again, and then it doesn't, it's not a great look to cancel the, uh, the Batgirl film when you're still back in. Right. That. But then again, like I said, maybe if if it didn't get received well in the pre-screenings, and like I said, it sounds like The Flash is 
just incredible. <sighs> From a money standpoint, they're like, you know what, we're going to run with it. Like, people are going to see this movie. Yeah, I think they're right, because you know, hearing everything about Ezra Miller, they're like, oh, we got to go see the movie. Yeah, right, yeah, that's the other thing. It's like it's it's you know, if yeah he if the meme. yeah if they're doing it if they're doing all that crazy shit we got it and they're still <laughs> releasing it's got to be good <laughs> yeah taken by the flash oh but yeah that's all I got baby what do you, what are your thoughts on that I do like the idea of them trying to put some structure in place and uh, I mean the fact that they're obviously making money moves as far as like being willing to chop a seventy million dollar movie. Uh, because they don't think it's good and not going to make them money, does give me a little bit of hope in the movies that they're keeping. You know what I mean? That like, just... as, as disastrous as that sounds, I think, well, if they're willing to chop a $70 million film because they don't think it's going to make them money, then maybe the fact that they're sticking with a... Uh... you going to make it over there, bud? I'm just rolling on my chair. <laughs> Scooting closer. Getting invested. My God. You roll in that chair like a fucking baby in a blanket, just, <laughs> just tossing around. It's I like tummy up. time. I'm trying to get you to th- flip onto your back, you know? I froed up. I froed up. <laughs> uh, nah. I, I get like, it. I suppose from like a money standpoint, why they're doing everything, like if it didn't do yeah. too well. But I also thing. think, right. But also, it kind of makes me think like, if Hulu thinks they can get, you know, if Hulu gets away with it once, they're going to question how many times can we get a, get away with it. And then other companies are going to start thinking the same thing. If Hulu can get away with it, with, you know, keeping somebody who's doing awful things like this, then why can't we? Why can't and then it's just going to turn why, into why, a big, like, moral why did thing. Hulu, why did Hulu get name dropped? Or not Hulu, DC. Sorry, I got, uh, <laughs> I'm on, I'm on it, and I got price synopsis pulled up. I know it's coming. <laughs> So I got that pulled up. Um, But no, uh, DC, you know, if uh, DC keeps thinking that, then everyone else is going to be like, if DC can do it, why can't we? And that's just going to be, we got a lot of people who, sure, they can act, but, like, they're doing horrendous things. Right, well, and it's like, like really, cancel culture ain't going to come through on this one? Right, like, I thought they would be on it, but I haven't seen nothing about it. Not really, no, other than, like, people kind of just, it's like a weird, like, this can't be reality. Oh, but baby, it is. I've definitely got a tape measure on my desk for actual construction reasons. I'm looking at it. Six inches is actually a lot. Like (laughs) Four inches is pretty big. Four inches is pretty big. Like, like, that's that's pretty sizable. Like, it's about the motion of the ocean. I've got it set to like two and a half inches. I'm like, it's not kind of a lot. Like, <laughs> that's damn near six inches. Like, that's that's a lot of that's a lot of tape. I almost said a lot of dick. It's a lot of tape. <laughs> oh no, I don't know why the tape measure's on my desk. I don't remember what I was measuring, but it was not my wiener. I promise you that. <laughs> what were those blue pills called? He, blue chew. Yeah, blue chew. You got blue chew on the mind from last episode. <laughs> I just. All I've got are blue chew ads now. <laughs> oh, All right, you want to talk about Prey, baby? Yeah, so the synopsis. Oh, of it oh is... I didn't ask you for that synopsis, did I? No, uh, I guess not. You got to chill out over there. Well, my, f- my fault. <laughs> You're on, on edge. What's the synopsis <laughs> of Prey? 
So a skilled Comanche warrior protects her tribe from a highly evolved alien predator that hunts humans for sport, fighting against wilderness, dangerous colonizers, and this mysterious creature to keep her people safe. Word, there you go. I like that. All right, let's see here. Reception. It's got a 92% on Rotten Tomatoes from the critics uh, mm -hmm. and an 81% from the audience. Mm -hmm. uh, um, IMDb's got it at a 7.3 out of 10, which, keep in mind, is an audience score. And then Metacritic had it at a 71 out of 100. So, yeah, it was pretty... Uh, it sounds like the audience scores were a little bit a little bit mid, but I do know that there was also a little bit of a, a campaign, if you know what I'm saying. No. Because uh, of who the lead is. Oh, my God. Yeah. We're still on that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> We're still struggling with that? Yeah. Yeah, a woman, and she's not white? Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> Blasphemy! <laughs> I can't identify with that. <laughs> How I'm... do you expect me to relate to that? <laughs> I'm not an indigenous woman. I can't even imagine what that would be like. <laughs> How unrealistic to have this alien... <laughs> Fighting a native a woman. A woman. Yeah. But, uh. Get over yourself. That's our impression <laughs> of, of simps. <laughs> All right. No, let's sim see simps, simps like women. Oh, yeah. Wait, yeah. Incels. That's the... incels. Incels. Yeah. Involuntarily celibate, which I think says everything you need to know. <laughs> yeah. They're not having sex until marriage, but not by their choice, you know? <laughs> So, uh, the cast here, Amber Midthunder, which I will point out here if we're going to attack the people who are like, it's woke! Uh, the cast is entirely, almost entirely, um, indigenous people or uh, of First Nations origins. So, Amber For Midthunder sure. plays Nario. Yeah, and I kind of bring that up that I think it adds to the uh, um, authenticity. Mm -hmm. And then Dakota Beavers plays Tabe, her brother. Uh, and then I'm trying to think that's really like the main... Cast other than to say that Dane uh, Diliguero, Diliegro, I think is the last name, uh, was played the Predator. But beyond that, like it's a pretty slim cast. Uh, yeah, there's not, not a in, in a good way. I mean, it's it's super simple and uncrowded. Mm -hmm. uh, which I like. If we want to go ahead and get into it, let's talk about our spoiler-free plot thoughts. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'll let you kick it off, there, girl. Yeah. So. Learning, you know, going into a... Oh, excuse me. I stuttered oh, so right. much. Oh, my. When, when, the, when the movie first <laughs> opens... Check your blood pressure, dude. Are you having a stroke? <laughs> when the movie first... Shut up! When the movie first starts, we <laughs> see Naru and, uh, her, <laughs> and her dog and, um, you know, meeting, uh, I believe, was the mom or motherly figure... Uh, Ayuka by Michelle Thrush. Could be. I'm assuming here. Um, and you know they, they talk about ever like come from assuming. right, and they kind of touch base on it very briefly. Um, Aru Aru Aruka. Okay. I, I want to say just mom, mom, mom and Naru, and they're you know they're having this conversation about uh. Hunting, you know, it's like, you know, your skills could be somewhere else. Like, you know, there's maybe a little bit of improvement that you need, you know, hunting, gathering, stuff like that. Um, you can tell mom's not really for it, but not against it yeah. either. 
I'll and then you, what, um, you can track. Yeah, yeah. Which so I feel like a good tracker. One, yeah. Which is uh, what uh, Tabby said. Yeah, yeah. Her brother is like, "You're a good tracker," and she's a gifted uh, medicine woman. Like she's good with with the the medic stuff. Mm-hmm. And so that was really cool. Um, the dog. Dude, her yeah. dog's badass. Just the coolest What's your fucking, fucking dog. dog's name. I don't think the dog. Oh, oh, it starts with an S. Um, uh, Sarley, Sally. Maybe. Let's find it here. Hold, please. Jimmy, pull that up. <laughs> Why am I scrolling on IMDb like the fucking dog's gonna be? <laughs> I mean, the dog was an actor. Yeah, someone had to. Pray, dog name. Let's see. Dog, the actor's name was Coco. Sari. Sari was the dog. Oh, so I got it right. Sorry, yep. So good. It's like a steel trap, baby. Nothing getting in, nothing getting out. That's right. I refuse to learn, I refuse to forget. (laughs) I may not be a smart man. Nope. I know what love is. Love is. (laughs) What a classic movie. No, but... Banger. Yeah, sorry. Killer dog. Like... Yeah. I thought you were apologizing. No, no. Sorry. Uh, yeah, yeah. The dog. Yeah, the dog killed it, and I don't know. It felt realistic. It felt like okay, this dog. It's a smart dog, but it wasn't like okay. Yeah, yeah. The dog isn't wielding a weapon, you know. <laughs> it's got two katanas on its back. <laughs> it's just ready. The dog has his own wrist blades. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> The dog's got the predator gear. Yeah, he's wearing the predator mask. <laughs> the dog is predator. That's the whole thing. <laughs> the dog just has rabies and is chasing her. It's <laughs> yeah. just the whole movie. That's the whole movie, Prey. Just her dog turning on her. <laughs> oh, it's like what if Cujo, but in seventeen nineteen. Oh, where were we? Uh, I got lost. I got sidetracked. You were talking right. about you were talking about the dog and liking the dog. Oh yeah, spoiler yeah, and spoiler freeze. And then, you know, oh dude, the fight scenes with all of the characters. I mean, all of the Can characters you see, see fight. Huh? It was huh? my chair picking up. Uh, yeah, it is, dude. Like it's so fucking loud and creaky. Not really. I was just. Oh, now I can hear it. Oh Excellent. my god. I know, I gotta hit this bitch with some WD-40. Like, every time I <laughs> lean back, it's just... <laughs> Sounds like the door in a horror movie. <laughs> but all all the fight scenes, all the action scenes were really good. Um, yeah. And, like, very well choreographed. Yep. Uh, it... Sorry, uh, th- thinking about authenticity of the film. I thought it was pretty neat that it has a uh, a Comanche version of the movie, which is what we watched. Yeah, we watched it in the Comanche version. With the which I, I'm not gonna lie, I think I, I preferred that. I thought it was better. Yeah, and I do think uh, if I read correctly that all of the lines in the Comanche version were dubbed by the actors, like the original actors, which is pretty dope. Even the guy who plays Predator. Yeah. Well. Yeah, yeah, the Predator with all his lines in. Them. Fuck. Um, 
<laughs> no, it didn't seem to shy away from some of the cultural aspects, uh, which I think was, again, helped by the cast being um, almost entirely indigenous. Mm-hmm. It had a really simple plot, um, which I think was a plus, where it just keep it keep it pretty lean, you know, easily relatable. Um, yep. And it's a nice, like, wombo combo of genres, where it's like a, somewhat of a historical survival film at first, and it's also obviously an action film, but then there's a little bit of a coming-of-age slant to it, and so far as, like, her trying to prove herself, you know? Yeah. Um, or like a rite of passage more than coming of age, but uh, the main character is named Naru, like we talked about. She's, uh, like I said, she's a gifted tracker and a medic who's been training by herself and it seems like maybe with the help of her brother sometimes to mm-hmm. be a warrior. And she simply just is trying to pass her trial to become like a warrior within the tribe, uh, which just involves hunting something that is hunting you is like the... yeah. Oh, a little yeah. On that, where, like, her brother, he, his trial is killing a panther, or a mountain lion, I mean. And, uh, yeah, he straight up decapitates that thing, brings its head back and its body back separately. Yeah. And it's like, I'm like, Covered in blood. Man. Yeah. Uh, and and they, then, obviously... Good... Yeah, go ahead. Honestly, they did a good job, too, because when he came back, he, he did look a little bit in shock. Yeah, like, my God. Like by God, like yeah, this this was a this wasn't a stroll. Was a you know? yeah. yeah, this was a fight, and he's got a little bit of shock. And then everyone a, starts a, cheering a him on, and then he's like, "All right, gets jacked up, yeah, yeah, all that adrenaline." Mm-hmm. And then there's the obvious parallel, I think, between the the predator, who has obviously been dropped on the planet to prove himself as a hunter, um, mm-hmm. and so it's that nice like they're both there for the same reason, you know, right. Their their tribe is looking to them to to prove themselves, uh, and so you get a nice natural. It's a good way to make them relatable to each other, you know. Or even mm-hmm. though on the surface they're two very different people, right? <laughs> you know, an alien hunter that's been dropped on this planet uh, from a spacefaring, you know, <laughs> civilization to uh, a Comanche woman in seventeen seventeen or whatever it is seventeen nineteen. Um, but yeah, what do you think about the characters and chemistry? Oh yeah, the ca- you know first off, Nuru, yeah, excellent character. Like mm-hmm. the story arc of it, I thought like it was, it was simple, but you know, so it was easy to follow along. But it was still, I think, very powerful, right? It, they, yeah. You know, even though it was simple, they you know put all the attention on it, and it was really good, um, very moving, and just you seeing all the growth with Nuru's character. Um, and then seeing how, you know, obviously you're going to have some of the tribe who's, who are hunting, not be a fan of Nuru because, you know, she's a woman, right? It's right. In the 1700s. They're like, yeah, you shouldn't be here. Um, and just kind of them even she... basically makes a, like, you belong in the kitchen comment. Yeah. And, you know, she, one, outproves, you know, <laughs> Outproves yeah. them in tracking and in medicine by saving uh, one of the one of the tribe members' lives. Lives, yeah. Um, and then at one point, she uh, this is kind of a spoiler. She like beats the shit out of one of them. Yeah, like yeah. whips his ass. Show, yeah, showing him. Uh, yeah, showing him. She's got the strength. But yeah. you know, so I feel like you know, in that part there, that you know, like you're saying that uh, rite of passage. 
I, fulfilled right there, and it fulfilled multiple yeah. times, which I liked. Um, yeah, that, just because like, she has to prove herself, and that she is able to, but it's not always easy for her either. Right. Yeah, she doesn't just stroll in and and just prove him wrong right now. There's a lot of work involved in it. Yeah, and it's just throughout the entire movie, it, it you know, all that work is you see and everything like that, and so you know you're really kind of you're rooting for her even more. Mm-hmm. And then her and relate her and her relationship with um, Tabe. Yeah. It's fucking phenomenal. I mean, yeah, it felt like a real sibling relationship. Yeah, you know, Tabe sticks up for Naru, but also kind of gives her the tough love when it's just them. Like, you know, right. you gotta, if you're doing this, you gotta fucking do this. You gotta do it. You gotta be better. Like, <laughs> right. But you know, still, you know, showing uh, Naru a, a bunch of love and yeah, uh, and helping her when so it can. support. Right. Right. Uh, so you know, it, it felt like a genuine connection. It, it was really nice. Yeah. And sometimes he helps her by not helping her, you know, where he's like, sorry, baby, this one's you, you know? Yeah. You got to do it. Uh, talking about, I think we kind of covered all of my things, but thinking about her and Tabe's relationship, I think that it was, I mean, it's a little thing in note, but I appreciate the fact that there was no love interest in the movie. Because I, I don't think, think there needs that, to be. No, 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 I don't either. But I think a lot of movies would go, okay, instead of the Tabe character being her brother, Let's make him a love interest, you know. Eh. But they eh. don't have to, right? No, I'm glad they didn't. Yeah, I am too. That's what I was saying. All right, so I'm just, agreeing with you. Just, just fucking relax, guy. Whoa, whoa, hey. God. <laughs> My watch is like, guy, are you okay? Yeah, you're checking your heartbeat. <sighs> My fucking no. watch was like gave me a uh, recommendation from YouTube, and it was the video was called something effective. Las Vegas smoke shop owner stabs robber seven times. <laughs> I'm like, fuck. Why do I want to watch that? No, it was a blue chew head. Don't you lie to me. So yeah, anyway, you want to explain mind. the rating system? <laughs> I'm ready to rate this thing again. The spoilers. Yeah, so am I. Go ahead. No, you're supposed to explain the rating system. Oh, 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 yeah, I apologize, I apologize. Forgive <laughs> me. I'm getting too comfortable. Yeah. So, with our ratings... <laughs> I, I am, I am. I'm leaning back in my chair. Um, so our rating system is you can be overwhelmed with something, you know, with the movie, um, which means you're overly joyed, you know, you're very satisfied. You can be underwhelmed, you were bummed, it didn't meet your expectations, or you can be simply whelmed. Which is just it was meh. It was mid. Yes. It was all mid. Right. Mid. <laughs> you can't submissive do this and breathable. Yeah, submissive. Well, gentlemen, <laughs> this has been a successful blunt rotation. <laughs> Actually, Norman, you're out. <laughs> what? No. Yeah, you can't no. do this you to can't me. Do this to me. Do you know how much money I put into all this weed? Couldn't be much. Weed's mid. Mid. <laughs> no. He's right. getting kicked out of the birthday. <laughs> were you? Uh, what were? You, what's your rating there, kid? I was overwhelmed. I mean, yeah, uh, I, I had really high expectations for it, and it's you know it surpassed them by far. Yeah, I mean, I had a part of me at the back of the head that was like, Predator has not been a reliable series for, or franchise right. for me. Sure. Where like. You know, if if there's if you count the Alien vs. Predator movies, there's like six movies now: Predator, Predator Two, uh, Predators, 
and like and then both AVPs and then the Predator. Yeah, there's six movies before Prey, and like two of them are good. Right. Uh. So I was not. I, on the one hand, I was like, "Man, this sounds good on paper. Like I like this," but you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. And, and I it it exceeded my expectations. I was overwhelmed by it. Um, the front part of me that was like, "This sounds good on paper." It also was good in in reality. So I'm glad for that. Uh, and it made me like want more like this. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. Or obviously, I don't think you could use this character again because it doesn't make sense for. Her to just constantly be getting like uh, fuck another predator. Something we'll talk about. I, 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 I gotta remember something that I want to bring up. I mean, we're in spoilers. Mm. Fuck it. Uh, so at the, I believe it was maybe the middle. We see that pistol. Uh, that blunderbuss pistol. Yeah. Uh, which is one of the trophies. Right. That you can get. So I'm curious don't, if don't, the, don't act like you just knew that. I had to tell you that. No, you told. Yeah, you you did say it. But no. But what I'm thinking is, what if they do do it? You know, make <laughs> do, do. You said do What do. if they do do <laughs> another one? By the way, you said do do. But if they, you know, do make another film, um, trying to continue that, throw like a little Easter egg and like. Uh, put the tomahawk with the rope as one of the trophies. Well, so people are thinking because, like, in the mid credits, there's like drawings and stuff. Yeah, like, yeah. And you see like the predator ships returning. Mm-hmm. And, which, because so, like, you were talking, you know, I mentioned to you when we watched the movie that flintlock pistol is the one of the trophies that Danny Glover gets offered at the end of Predator Two, and. um I'm wondering if maybe because she well you know she won like right she beat their their hunter and um and they're a, an honor based society so they probably came down and like she may have offered a trade with them because also I saw somebody point this out on I think maybe Reddit that the Native American tribes were pretty big on like exchanging of gifts basically that like you when you meet a new tribe you exchange gifts with them and so it would make sense that. Like, you know, hey, can we get our guy's body back? And she's like, yeah, here's this pistol, too. Like, as a gift. And maybe they gave mm. them something, right? Because you, you think get they to gave pick them? a trophy. I don't know. But, um... So that's how they get the the, the pistol as a trophy, right? Oh. Yeah, that could make sense. Because otherwise, the alternative is they rolled up and fucking wiped out the tribe and took the, everything. But that doesn't make sense with how the Predator's kind of operate. I like the former. <laughs> I like the former. Yeah. So, yeah, let's, so yeah, that was a nice little aside. I do like the, yeah. Maybe, maybe they could do something, but I would just be cool with making the Predator series, like, an anthology series from now on, and each movie is just a different period piece. Yeah. I'd like, be completely the, okay with that. Show me the Predator. Someone was like, show me the Predator in fucking World War One, Like... Oh, oh my that'd god. That'd be dope. Like, that'd be dope as fuck. Like, you're on the Western Front, it's the fucking French and German trenches, and then there's just the Predator. That'd be So, uh, we were right, by the way. I want us to fucking take a little victory, John, here. The Predator did, in fact, have primitive tools in comparison to the previous films. Yeah, we uh, Yes, we were right, and... Steady. I mean... I, I'm just so curious I what my check is for helping part of this movie. Like you want me? You want me to run down the list here with you? 
Yeah, lay it on me, baby. Alright, so instead of the plasma caster on the shoulder, he had a, a handheld uh, dart gun mm-hmm. that was laser-guided, so it still had the three dots like the plasma caster, but instead it's just to aim the uh, the darts, right? Um, he still has his wrist blades, uh, and his spear doubled as a club, where like it could break into two. Yeah. And it was a yeah. short spear and a club, which was pretty cool. Uh, let's see, his cloaking was a little bit dodgy at times, where like if it came into contact with objects, it would falter pretty pretty easily. Mm-hmm. Animals noticed. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of yeah, the animals was, noticed. A lot of the animals saw him. Yeah. And it even seemed like at times uh her and her you know, Naru and her tribes people could see him. If, yeah. Like, if now that they knew he was there, they were able to spot him, you know? Mm-hmm. So it wasn't perfect. It was more for like hiding in your peripheral and you would be easy to walk past him if you didn't know you were looking for something. Right. You know, like those pictures online of like, you know, find the leopard in this picture. Right. And you're like, damn, that thing's camouflage well or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, he has his razor nets still, which is pretty dope. Oh yeah. As oh, well as oh, oh, uh, yeah. like a bolo blade thing. You know what I'm talking about? Where instead of like wrapping around the ankles, it just chops the foot off. Oh, oh yeah. As it coils yeah. up on him. That was pretty cool. Uh, he has a fucking handheld shield that's collapsible, similar to, uh, it made me think of God of War. Kratos, yeah. Yeah. And uh, it's like razor sharp on the edge, which was kind of cool. He uses it as like an edged weapon as well. Shield. Mm-hmm. And then his wrist bomb obviously isn't a nuclear device in this one, uh, but it does have multiple small bombs that might kind of clear an area. But obviously it's nothing like the original films where he's like, <laughs> and then just destroys a jungle with it, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I thought there was some cool stuff there as well as like even his helmet and he was that like much less armored. It seemed. Yeah. And he, uh, you pointed out as hits. well. Well, yeah, I was also going to say with the helmet, you pointed out that he only has thermal. Yeah. Yeah. He only has the heat vision, the thermal vision. He can't see UV or, uh, yeah, UV or x-ray. Sorry. He can't see x-ray or, uh, or the UV spectrum. It's just, just thermal. Um, and he doesn't have his night vision either. So that was kind of cool. Which. Yeah, Naru uses to her advantage. Yeah. In in classic there were a couple little callbacks to like the original movie in uh insofar as like her using the temperature thing to uh trick the thermal vision. As well as her brother gets the line, uh, if it bleeds we can kill it. Yeah. and it wasn't cheesy or anything, it was like good timing and it made sense in conversation. Especially hunt, you know, and they're in the middle of this. Yeah, hunt they're hunters. They, they're yeah. finding blood, and they're like, "If it bleeds, we can well, kill." No, it. no, it's it's when they're um, tied to the tree as the bait, and she's basically telling him, "Like, I don't know if we can kill this fucking thing after she's faced it." Oh, and he's yeah. Like, and he goes, "If it bleeds, we can kill it. Like, <laughs> this thing will go down." Yeah. But uh, I thought that the the way they ramped up the fights was really well done. Oh, like as far as the predator was concerned, they slowly ramped him up into like. A full-on like killing machine. Yeah. Well, like at first we see him stalking that wolf and killing it, mm-hmm. uh, and then he kills a bear that is chasing Naru, and not that, easily. Like the the both the wolf bear and the bear. Fuck, get... Yeah, they fucked yeah. him up. Yeah, the bear bites or the um, I mean the bear does bite him, but the bear's full-on mauling him. But the wolf does bite his leg, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, I mean, he does. He kills them both. But then he obviously kills Naru's tribe members that were trying to capture her and take her back home. Yeah. And uh, that was a pretty good fight, seeing him kind of take on, you know, some semi-gifted hunters, you know, decent fighters. Yeah. Uh, and, I mean, yeah, he, he kills them all. 
chops one dude's leg off. It's just, it's all bad for them. Uh, yeah. They don't stand a I chance. I really thought that that poor guy taking a shit was done. <laughs> like, yeah, he was going to get got while he was shitting. Yeah, you, know, you expect him to be the first one since he separated. Yeah. But then again, from like that honor standpoint, maybe the predator was like, that's a low blow to kill yeah. a man while he's dropping a deuce, you know? <laughs> Back to a tree grunting, and he's just like, yeah, he's <laughs> Yeah, he's seeing him, you know, fucking ass Bone out. Just... tail, yeah. <laughs> he's like, I better. I, I don't know what he's going through right now, but yeah, I'll yeah. leave him alone. He's, he's got his own battle, you know? <laughs> he's fighting his own demons right now. Man, man's all backed up. I'm going to go fight these guys. <laughs> his eyes are all red. I'm going to let him that one. <laughs> uh, and then, obviously, he kills that group of French trappers that have captured uh, Naru and Tabe. Where, I mean, he that's when you really see him just go out. Like he And, and that is, you know, so I'm not bobbing on this movie. Um, that is the one thing I will say I didn't like is throughout mm-hmm. the entire fight scene, which was amazing. There is one scene where one of the guys has like the blunderbuss pistol, shoots yeah, him in the lot. yeah in the mask, and it bounces back, shoots him in the head. And then he, you know, yeah, dies and punch. That's the only thing I was like, <sighs> if I had to, I would pick that just because it's kind of cheesy, you know. Mm. That's the only thing. But that whole fight scene, fucking, he, what, he chops off that guy's head with the shield. The shield, yeah, where he's just got him by the neck. And, yeah, he just opens the shield around the dude's fucking neck and chops the tree that he's got him pinned against in half, too. Yeah. Like, oh, good God. God. Um, and that's when, like, we see him use the razor net, uh, as well as, and you get to see, like, <laughs> Which, his, his strength. Which was such a good, like, Fuck you, move because you know they used the net on him. Yeah, they try to use the net on him, and then he's like, "I got nets. We play with nets, huh?" Tink, 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 yeah. tink. But there was a uh, like in in all reality, there was a bit of um, equality where, like, when he fights the the wolf and the bear, he just uses his uh, fists and his um, you know wrist blades. Yeah, and like he kind of scales his combat to what he's fighting. Where like then when he fights like Beowulf. the the. Yeah, then when he fights the the tribe the tribesmen, he kills them with like his, his spear, spear and his, and his blow dart because he's got the you know because they've got bow and arrow and things like that you know it's ranged mm-hmm. weapons now okay and then when it comes to the trappers that's when he busts out the net and the shield and you know because they're firing fucking cannons and shit at him you know <laughs> and he's like all right we're going in and you know he even goes as far as using his wrist bomb you know yeah to get the fuck out of there. <clears throat> Yeah, because they, they do, uh, again, like, they do fuck him up a little bit. Like, it's... Yeah. I'm not gonna but lie, no, this yeah. Predator was kind of ass, dude. Like, we're we're hamming him up. Like, he didn't make it. No, I mean, in the end, he, he loses to, you know, he, to to another hunter. Bit the huh? dust. Yeah. Yeah, he does. He does bite the dust. But, uh, but I mean, it's that's kind of the idea of the movies, though, right? It's like, the Predator doesn't win. Yeah. It's about... How can somebody fight this dude? You know, fight this dude that's just built to be a, a mm-hmm. killing machine. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then uh, the fucking two like successive showdowns between Tabe and Naru and the Predator, and then the final showdown between Naru and the Predator. Mm-hmm. That fight between Tabe and the Predator is oh, was stupid. Was so fucking good. Badass. Welcome you know, back. First, to he's Gats. riding by Gas. Gas. 
First of all, him riding by, you know, lighting him up with bow and arrow while she's just maneuvering around him, mm-hmm. right? And then when he fucking leaps off that horse in wide angle and stabs him through the back with the spear. Yeah, yeah like, it's just... Oh my god. And then he's just facing him down, hitting him with bow and arrow from, like, three feet away, rolling around him, snagging the arrows back out of him and lighting him up some more. It yeah. so good. Like... Dude. Is the idea of like the agility versus the the brute strength, you know, mm-hmm. where the predator's big and strong, you know, Tabe has to be quick and skilled, right? Which we see because that's how the one tribe, you know, who or the tribe member who doesn't die from who was taking the when deuce, shit, yeah. yeah, as we see, uh, they're running away from the predator, and he's catching up quick. <laughs> like, so that predator, he was there, he was on him. Yeah. Oh, and something about the predator that I, I meant to mention earlier. Um, we see him with his mask off a few times, uh, yeah, he looks and he doesn't—he looks a little different. And um, you know, some of that could be a regional thing, you know, where I mean, they're a whole society. Maybe he's a, like a different quote-unquote race, you know, how like you know you could have a, a Hispanic person, an Asian person, right? Maybe he's just sure. a different, different race of predator, right? And then All also, right. it is canonical, like that they try and evolve themselves through like genetic enhancement and stuff to be better hunters so maybe 300 years ago that's what the predators looked like and then they changed themselves and evolved themselves to what we picture i mean which i think both make sense so yeah i wasn't too upset um, about it or nothing no i wasn't like that's not no what not that's my not predator, predator. <laughs> <laughs> hashtag it not looks my different predator. yeah it looks different so it must be evil <laughs> uh naru she fucks up uh, just fangs in general with her tomahawk on a rope. Dude. But like, that bit when she's fighting a couple of trappers trying to get back to, uh, you know, get away from the Predator when she's running back to the camp. And she, it's like a, a nice long one shot of her fighting those, I think, two or three trappers with their own blades and then her tomahawk on a stick or on a rope. Like, my God. And she's fucking him up, throwing that thing, yeah. getting getting it back. Yeah. And, you know, using while it's stuck in this guy, I'm going to yank it out and not catch it and let it catch the guy on the other side. Yeah. yeah or what was it? Was it? Really... She she threw it and it hit the guy and then someone like came in between her and the guy that she just got. And like she yanked it back and it hit him in the back of the head. Yeah. And then obviously using their own knives, she's like rolling around, stabbing the shit out of them and stuff. Yeah. Oh, dude. Oh, my God. It's it was so good. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> I, I was just giggling because I read my note here about the Tabe fight. And mm-hmm. I said, uh, the fight between Tabe and the Predator is fucking fantastic. Seeing him ride around on horseback, lighting the Predator up before a wicked dismount stabbing with a spear, <laughs> then rolling around the Predator and stealing his arrows back out of him to fire again. Solid shit, dude. Solid shit, dude. Like That is what uh, we call in the yeah. biz an epic gamer moment. Epic gamer moment, yeah. But no, uh, Nari is just really smart, too. Like, and that helps her a yeah. lot. Like, it saves her several times. Yeah. Um, I think about, uh, like, when she's sinking in the, the mud pit, the quicksand. Yeah, and she, you know, throws she her, uses her tomahawk. Yeah. Yeah, as, the, as a rope to get out. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, there are... Which then uh, comes back. A, yeah, when she... Yeah, and that's that, the continuity with that is something I was going to her seeing upon. it, knowing where she was, you know, and mm-hmm. that that'd be a good spot to trap him. Yeah, like, oh, if this got me, it's got to at least slow him down. Right. Um, but the, the 
what I was going to touch on was the the orange flower that uh, Naru mm-hmm. picks that she learned from her mother. Um, yeah. That doesn't like, it cools slows you down. down? Yeah, it cools you down. It cools down the blood and it slows uh, your heart rate, blood flow. Yeah, just to keep you know slow blood loss and stuff like that. And yeah. she brings that up a couple times in the movie, but then also yeah. is you know smart enough uh, to you know take the flower right before the fight, so this thing's got thermal. Can't see her. Yeah. Yeah, and she learns that. I mean, she doesn't just go, oh, he can see heat. She gives oh, the guy yeah. the flower. Yeah, um, sorry, I should have mentioned that. No, 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 you're okay. Yeah, she gives one of the trappers that was nice to her, the one that was translating to her, uh, the flower to help him because he lost his foot to the predator. Mm-hmm. Um, so she gives him that flower to kind of cool him down, you know, slow the blood loss, and uh, as payment for him showing her how to use the flintlock pistol. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then... Yeah, the predator walks over and doesn't acknowledge him, thinks he's dead, because the guy's like, oh, and just plays dead. But the fucking predator, like, steps on his stump. <laughs> yeah. And the guy's you know, involuntarily. Screaming. Yeah, and the predator's like, oh, and shanks the hell out of him. <laughs> yeah. Prison shanks. Like, Damn. <laughs> that guy. Yeah, stick, 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 stick. Just a toothbrush in the fucking ear. But, uh, yeah. Like, he almost made it, too. Yeah. But she does. She sees that and is like, oh, damn. Like, he, he thought he was dead because of the, you know, the flowers. Yeah. Most so people she, would yeah. be, most people would be like, oh, fuck. <laughs> She's over here writing notes. Yeah, she's studying. Yeah. So she does. She uh, she traps him with uh, that fuckhead of a trapper. One mm-hmm. of the Frenchmen who was, like, fully a dick. Um, and taking the bait. Yeah, she used him as bait to lure in the old... Uh, old predator while she's popped them uh, she's popping petals you know <laughs> it's popping petals <laughs> popping petals you know and uh, part, yeah part so dirty. she's part dirty. call me juice world you know so she oh. pops the nope don't use that. <laughs> oh, That's oh no I think it's too soon ah it's been like a year moving on <laughs> anyways yeah what was I saying yeah so yeah she does she pops the petals and then uh yeah Fucking predator rolls up, kills the Frenchman, and she just shoots the predator in the back of the head with the flintlock pistol. But luckily yeah. for him, she's a little inaccurate with her, which makes sense. She's never used a firearm before, uh, and it's a flintlock pistol. And so it like it kind of crowns him, you know, nicks the top of his head, but it does take his helmet off. Mm-hmm. And he rolls out quick. He's like, I got to fuck out of here, you know. Just got shot. And so she does. She's like, thanks, and takes his helmet. And that's when she sets up the old uh, the booby trap killing field. Yeah. Which was badass. First of all, yeah. she chops his arm off with his own shield. Yeah. Like, she makes him chop his own arm off. Yeah. Yeah, she... I forget what it was, but, like, yeah, he had his knife, went to stab her, she ducked, got out of the way, got stuck in the tree, and then what? She, like, pushed his arm and then activated it? Something to that effect, yeah. Or, like, when he went to use his shield on her, she, like, moved around him quick enough that he cut his own arm off. And he kind of mm-hmm. looks at his arm and looks at her with, like, that... What? No fucking way, dude. Like you're fucking nah. you're you're fucking with me. You're joshing <laughs> like, me. This did not. Where are the cameras? Like am I getting yeah. punked? <laughs> well, and then I thought about that after the fact. Like his people are watching him. You know they're observing, <laughs> and I wonder if they're all like, Jesus Christ! <laughs> <laughs> what an <guy>. idiot! <laughs> A fool! They've all got bets, and you know the ones that were betting on them are like, ah, you know, <laughs> damn it. They're- Crumpling their credits. Yeah. 
and the ones that obviously bet against him are like high fiving and chest bumping. I'm like, yeah! <laughs> they're like, dude, we're so fucking rich. Dude, we're in. He is fucked. But uh, yeah, she does. She fucks him up like a hard, yeah, hard, and uh, finishes off by uh, you know running over to the old. Uh... Oh, by the way, I thought her dog was de- gonna die. Like, oh, so did I. I was like, please don't. Like, I can't. Please. I, this dog's too good. Oh, uh, well, you know who did die that we didn't mention? Oh, Tabby. yeah, her brother. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he kind of sacrifices himself, kind of not. Yeah. It, I don't know if it was really by choice. So much yeah. as he is like, well, uh, you know, if the predator hadn't bitched out and gone invisible, he had him. Like, he was taking yeah. the predator down. Yeah. But that uh, would have yeah. been something. What a, that would have been. What a fucking. St- kill steal <laughs> yeah like oh you stole my kill yeah fucking kill counts as assist or assist counts as kill you know? yeah 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 but, but uh, yeah the predator goes invisible and dips out and then just sneaks up on him and that's when tabe like here's the twig crack behind him and is like you better get the fuck out of here yeah it's me, that's me. he seizes the target yeah he's like you gotta get out of here and but uh, all she along doesn't. no no she sticks she sticks around, the Predator kills the shit out of Tabe, and then starts walking towards her, and then Tabe grabs the skull, the dog skull, and stabs it in his leg. Yep. Gives him enough. Turns around. Gives Naru enough time to skedaddle. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, the, the final blow there, uh, she sneaks across the mud puddle, you know, and is sitting there on that stump that she used to save herself, mm-hmm. and uh, Predator wades into the mud, comes up and is gonna fire his darts at her, but he's gotta like he's gotta free aim it because he's missing his helmet. <laughs> and we can sucks ass with aiming that thing. Mm-hmm. And uh so she fucking moves out of the way because she's hid the helmet behind her and just lets him light himself. Or no no no. That's what it is. She set the thing up next to him, didn't she? So catch him in the side of the head. Yeah. Yeah, she set yeah. up on a rock so when he shoots the arrow, you know, it's laser. Yeah, later's guided. And, uh, yeah, so. It zips around, and he, he looks over just in time to have, like, the, ah, oh, fuck. No fucking way. <laughs> Son of a... And then <laughs> gets got. Yeah, he turns and makes eye contact with his own helmet. And Son of a bitch. And the shunk right in the forehead. And she just rolls up at home with a fucking predator head. And you know everybody's like, what the fuck that? You know? Yeah, they're... Yeah. <laughs> like, what the fuck? And she's painted herself with his neon green blood. That was kind of... Yeah, 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 yeah. Seeing the, seeing the neon blood on her. That was pretty dope. And then, uh, man, then it kind of fades to... Oh, no, she gets the uh, hunting chief stick. Yeah, yeah, they're like, yeah, you're a, you're a fucking... Yeah, you're, you're taking the lead yeah. from here on out. Tabe's dead, and you killed whatever the fuck that is, so you're in. No. Yeah. Oh, yeah, like, part of the brutalization... At one point, she fucking... Uh, He's got her pinned down with his shield between some rocks where he was like going for the decapitation. Oh yeah, and, and she's uh, using rocks to using, block it. Using the rocks to block it, and he's to, to his credit, he is forcing it down through the rocks. Mm-hmm. And she fucking yanks off one of his like tusk things and just stabs him in the eye with it. Yeah, oh, oh, and this dude. is and this is after he's lost the arm. Mm-hmm. So you're like, my god. Even if he were to win, up. did he really? <laughs> Did he? Yeah, like, are they gonna just put him down like a lame horse when he gets back? Yeah, they're gonna <laughs> turn him to glue. Yeah, send him to the glue factory. 
<laughs> but uh, yeah, no, uh, gas. It was gas. Got to ask. Yeah, me. movie. Yeah, w- welcome Pray. back to Gas or Pass. Pray. Gas. Gas. Yeah, it was gas. Yeah, really, really oh. good movie. Really good yeah. movie. It I'm does like, make I me want just... more. Yeah, and like I want to see Amber Mid Thunder do some more because apparently she did most of her own fight choreography. Really? Yeah, so like I want to see her do more because she was a very gifted like action, um, you know, actress. I suppose. Like I was saying, the choreography was really well done. Yeah, but uh, yeah, you got anything more? No, I mean we've really touched base on everything I wanted to talk about. It's uh, just such a good movie. I mean, I could I could go on forever about it. Yeah, check it out. It's on Hulu. Like if you've got yeah. Hulu, watch that shit. Use the fucking free file to watch it. Yeah. And uh, watch it in the uh, in the Comanche native version. language. Yeah, the Comanche version was a lot better, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. And that was another thing I wanted to touch on real quick, actually, talking about the authenticity of that and the simplicity of the story. I think uh, it speaks volumes that uh, a movie without, you know, when we watched it with subtitles, I didn't necessarily have to read all the to keep up going on. No, no. You know, it was pretty easily understandable just through the, you know, the visuals. But yeah, what you been thinking about? I think what you meant to say is welcome back to Chris's Cryptid Corner. I'm your host, Chris. This week, I'm actually taking a little bit of a turn from like aliens and stuff like that. And um, I have a uh, cryptid here called uh, a Russian siren. A Russian siren. Yes. Let's see here. My computer's being a little slow. So a siren, uh, you know, that is a. mythological creature of Russian legends, where the head and chest of a beautiful woman and a bird, and a body of a bird, usually an owl. Okay. According to the myth, the sirens lived in a lot of Indian lands near, uh, and around the Euphrates River? Yep, Euphrates, yep. Uh, these half-women, half-birds are directly based on the Greek, I almost said geek. The Greek myths and later folklore about sirens—they were usually portrayed as portrayed wearing a crown uh, yeah. with or a nimbus, uh-huh. and they'd lure the sailors to their death. Yeah, siren, and it says here, si- sirens sang beautiful songs to the saints, foretelling future joys for mortals. However, the birds were dangerous. Men who heard uh, them would often forget everything on earth, follow them, and ultimately die. Yeah. Uh, People would attempt to save themselves from the sirens by shooting cannons, ringing bells, and making other loud noises to scare the bird off. Uh, Later, 17th-18th century, uh, the image of sirens changed and they started to symbolize world harmony as they lived near paradise. People in those times believed only really happy people could hear a siren, while only few, only very few, could see one because she has... She is as fast and as difficult to catch as human happiness. Whoa. Yeah. She symbolizes... <laughs> yes. Felt that. She symbolizes eternal joy and heavenly happiness. I gotta work um, on the cardio. <laughs> the legend... Damn it. The legend of Siren uh, might have been introduced to... Uh, I, I'm gonna say Kevin, but it's spelled K-I-E-V-A-N. Oh, uh, um... Do you know Kiev? No. Kiev, like uh, the Ukrainian capital? Oh, yes, yes. Yeah. That's what that is, um, Kiev. 
Givian Rus by Persian merchants in the 8th and 9th century. Uh, sometimes sirens are seen as metaphor for God's word going into the soul of a mouth to the... Whoa. I'm just stuttering so much today. Sometimes sirens are seen as metaphor for God's word going into the soul of a man. Sometimes they're seen as a metaphor of um, tempting the weak. Yeah, that's what I've always seen it as, is temptation. Yeah, yeah. But here, I just think it's something, you know, it's... Obviously, we know the sirens, but in just different parts of the world, maybe, you know, they mean yeah. different things and stuff like that. And in this case, um, you know, it's the face and chest of a woman and the body of an owl. Yeah. Tempting, tempting. How do you men. not? How do you not jump on that? Like, I don't know, two, like, birds and breasts. Like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, you got me. <laughs> Are you familiar with Homer's Odyssey? I am not. The Odyssey? Uh, I've seen the Odyssey, yes. Oh, Odysseus, okay. yes. Yeah, and he puts wax in his ears and ties them to the mast. Right, yeah, because that's those are sirens in that. Well, mm-hmm. have you seen Oh Brother Where Have I seen what? Oh Brother Where Art Thou? No. You gotta watch it. It's a very good movie. Uh, it's from the Coen brothers. It's got the old, uh, oh shit, what's his name? He was in uh, George Clooney. George Clooney. Yep. And, um, it's very good, but it's basically like, what if in like the 1920s, uh, America, South and, and the West and the East, uh, and, and there's just these three good old boys trying to get, get back home. And it's actually, it's the Odyssey, what it is. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and yeah, I, I was just thinking of that. There's the sirens are in that as well, uh, yeah. as well as John Goodman plays the Cyclops. So, yes, and it's very yeah, good. A, yeah, he's a good actor. He is a very gifted actor. Oh man, three degrees of separation. I didn't even mention it. Uh, top um, prey. It was directed by Dan Trachtenberg, who directed um, Ten Cloverfield Lane, which has John Goodman in it. Oh, what? What a small world! My God, I'm so fucking smart, dude. Like our your brain <laughs> is just full. Yeah, like, it's filled to the brim with knowledge right now. Knowledge, but. Other than that, I actually have, and I wanted to talk to you about it because you know we haven't, I haven't talked to you or anything in a couple of days because I was uh, out the on the town. I was off the grid. No, I went to uh, I went to an amusement park and uh, you know stayed at one of those water park resort things um, just for the weekend, just because little getaway, right? Why not? You and the gals. It's just me and the gals as a couple of work buddies, and we all went and. It was, I mean, by far one of the best and worst experiences of my life. And so, you know, we get to the amusement park, right? Because we wake up real early, we drive up there and having fun, you know. But it was so fucking human. Yeah. It was so human. I mean, I we went on just a handful of rides and I felt bad and I was just like <laughs> one of you know, one of my friends were like, Yeah, whenever you're ready to go. And I mean, we you're also all like, by a large body of water while it's already humid. Yeah. And so I was just like, yeah, like, everyone was on the same page of like, yeah, let's get out of here. And uh, so we went back and got in the, uh, the jacuzzi, right? And we went on a couple slides. Then we were just kind of like, it, let's just kick it for the night. Like, and right. we got all day tomorrow. So today, or, you know, 
yeah, today I, I got home today. Yeah. And uh, man, we're going and we're checking out everything. And this place is fucking huge, right? They got mini golf. They got uh, zip lining, uh, surfing classes, uh, just you name it. They got it, right? They, I think, you know, I think they had a pop up food truck. They had it. My God. Yeah, they had it. They had those little Dippin' Dots machines yeah. in the inside of the, because, you know, it's indoor and outdoor water park right and so i mean this place is just fucking loaded um and you know while we're there one of the things i saw is the surfing lessons and i was like oh dude i kind of want to do that (laughs) right that looks just like so much fun it's one of those where you know you got the surfboard and it's the water rushing up the hill and you got to kind of like navigate yourself onto it and i'm like let's fucking do it right and i'm a bigger guy and i know that right but i'm not gonna let that stop me right i want to go and so yeah, right. I'm, I, <clears throat> I'm, I'm fucking, a man, I, yeah, I'm a man, but, um, so, you know, I get up there <laughs> and the, you know, there's an instructor on top who kind of helps you. It tells you how to jump in the water correctly. And then you got the guy on the bottom who kind of helps you steer, get the hang of like what to do. So you can kind of look at him while he's instructing. So this lady takes one like good long glare at me and she goes, you ever done this before? <laughs> and I was like, no, I haven't. Like, take a good long. No, <laughs> no, I haven't. Look at me. No. She's like, yeah. So she's like, all right. Well, keep your arms tucked in. Hold it here. You know, you want the the board to be at your stomach, and when you hop in, kind of going at, at a uh, a diagonal way, and then you kind of straighten back out. I was like, all right, cool. And I did it. And that, that's the part that really scared me the most is like jumping in, and making sure I don't flip over and eat shit like right away. Wipe out right now. But I, I got on and I actually landed pretty good. And you know, I, like, I wasn't awful. I will say I wasn't bad. I was able to kind of turn easy. I was even able to do the one where you flip over in the water and you land back out and you straighten out or yeah, you know, like a yeah, somersault. Yeah. I did that and I nailed it. And I, I really, really did like it. It was a whole lot of fun. But he Julie, you know, was like, the guy was like, all right, well, go ahead. Try to get up on your knees on the board. Yeah. So you're just laying on your stomach. And I right. tried to do it, and I, I fucked up, and I pulled up on the board, and when I pulled up, the water went under and shot me. But when it shot me, it shot my shorts. No. And I was able to grab it just enough to the point where, like, it didn't show my dick or nuts. Right. But my ass was out. And, like, well, I'm flipping in the water, ass, and snot is running down my face because I'm freaking <laughs> out. And I get up and out of the, you know, I'm like, thankfully, no, I don't think anybody saw my ass, but if they did and you're listening to this podcast, I'm sorry. You're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> but dude, yeah, I remember like I got up cause the way I got up is I kind of like landed on my knees. And so I just leaned back and like slowly pulled up my pants. So you probably saw like my thighs, but no one saw right. a crack or nothing. <laughs> and I got up. And I look over at the instructor, and he's just signaling with his hands to wipe my nose. And I'm like, oh, fuck. And I'm wiping over, and there's just so much <laughs> snot. And oh I'm just like, God. this is, like, the worst, because I was so confident with everything. So I was like, yeah. I'm actually pretty good at this, to quickly right. spin out and go, oh, <laughs> but you're not. <laughs> yeah, I look yeah. like a fool. Yeah, to and wipe so, out. I mean, back to the instructor, I had to go, oh, my God, wipe this. Yeah, like, dude, wipe your fucking nose. Um... But I mean, at the end of the day, I, I did have a lot of fun uh, doing that, and I didn't really care uh, that my ass was out. I mean, because I was like, dude, I mean, tell me I did a, a bad job. Tell me I fucking flopped. Right. Like, I fucking did the barrel roll. Can you do that shit? No. Get out of my face. Fuck hey, out chill of out. Here. Hey, chill out. Chill <sighs> out. 
getting all worked up. You gotta breathe, baby. Like, what's your matter? But then the other thing that you know happened that I wanted to talk about, and then we'll move on, just so I'm not dwelling on it. Right. Uh. Okay. Three things. Three things. I swear we're done. I swear we're done. We we you know there's three of us, and we all went on. Yeah, water park rides are typically like a two-person ride. Yeah. All right, and I, I'm the bigger guy, so I was like, I'll go by myself, kind of equal the weight. Right. And uh, but we found this one ride that could hold up to four people, and I was like, that's game, that's us. Like you know, three people, and we can get one ride in where we can all go on it together. Right. And we waited in this line for, I mean, for fucking ever, dude. And it was just the one, the big toilet bowl, the funnel. Yeah. All right, and you all get on the raft, but. So we're we're waiting there and you know we're <laughs> and it's just taking forever, but we finally get on it and we're going. And this thing drops you hard and quick. I mean, it was kind of different because it had something else in it besides the toilet bowl. But so we're all flopping around on this raft, and my foot goes up, and Bethany, she's one of the coworkers that you know went with uh, you know in the group. And so I lean back and my f- feet raised up. And she leaned forward, and her fa- face leaned in, and I just kicked the shit out of her face. Oh my god! And I mean, to the point where, as soon as we land, I instantly am like, "Oh my god, are you okay?" And she's like, "You, you know, it wasn't your fault or nothing." But <laughs> I mean, like a soccer ball, dude. I, my foot just <laughs> caught her with the laces. Just, <laughs> and I was just, I felt like a fucking schmuck. I felt yeah, so you bad. Looked like one too. Yeah, with my ass out and snot on my face. Jesus. Oh my god. And then finally, well, you know, and these are my three favorite rides. And this last one. Yeah. Wow. I mean, if we don't, if you don't want to hear, <laughs> no, we can no, just move fine. on. That's fine. We've just spent almost as much time on this water park. Fucking pray. I'm totally so this, fucking with you guys. Yeah. Wow. I can tell. So this last ride, um, it was a uh, you know no. <laughs> No, uh, no tube, no like floor mat that you, you know, for yeah, like you have on the slides. Yeah, it's just you. And, uh, you the they had a w- water, right. And they had a weight limit, right? And I was, slightly, I was slightly above the weight limit, right? By like, I think like 20 pounds. <laughs> just, you know, about 100 pounds. Yeah, it said 250. I'm like 260, 270, right around there. I'm pushing four, you know. I'm pushing. I'm pushing four. You know, I'm pushing slightly P. above it. Pushing P. And um, <laughs> this guy, the guy before me, he goes down the slide, and they have to shut the ride down because it's the same thing. It's the toilet bowl, but except the funnel that goes down, it just drops you like five feet, and then you're just in like a twelve foot pool. <laughs> Yeah. So, you know, it says in a big letters, like, you have to be a strong swimmer. Like, you have to know how to swim, like, really well in order for you to go on this ride. So he asks the guy, he's like, can you swim? He's like, yeah, I can swim. He goes, all right, cool, go on. He goes down, and yeah, we're waiting a little bit, and I notice, I'm like, oh, my God, the sli- the water in the slide's gone. I asked the guy, like, yeah, did you guys shut down? He goes, no, the guy said he could swim, and he started struggling to get out, so we have to shut everything down until he's out. And I was like, damn, son, like, what? Yeah, like, fuck. So, yeah, I'm waiting there for a little bit. They get the slide up and run, and I go. I mean, it's, you know, sh- shooting me around, zipping me, zapping me, and I'm, you know, you know, haha, and like a little girl. And it shoots me into this funnel. And I mean, I caught speed. And I have you ever seen the movie Norbit? Yes. Where <laughs> Respucia's going down. I felt yeah. a little bit like that. Um, Because, I mean, I went around this funnel like 
four or five times before I felt like started to gradually decline. And like for a split second, I was getting close to the top and I could see the sprinklers keeping it wet, you know, up there. And I was like, I think I'm going to fall out. Like I'm I'm going down. (laughs) And then, you know, I finally start to decline and everything. I was like, I'm so good. I'm in like, I'm solid, baby. And I just fell through and, I mean, I got out of that, and I was like, I probably put weight limits on that for a reason. But I think, yeah. uh, I think I'm gonna start taking weight loss a little more serious because I started to, and then I just got super loose and relaxed about it. But I think I'm gonna, uh, after that, I'm gonna straighten up on it. But what about you? What have you been thinking about, huh, pal? <laughs> I got a few here. First thing, actually, we we're gonna pivot back. There's some news that came through on Twitter while we were talking. Mm-hmm. Uh, do we do the sad news first or the the light news? Let's do the light news. That way, it's not a, you at a water park to. Right. Yeah. Uh, so Sonic Three is coming to theaters on December twentieth, twenty twenty four. We got Joker and we got Sonic. Fuck yes! Apparently, uh, Sonic's so good. Like I have to go I see. Know, it. It's good stuff. Yeah. Um. Obviously, we talked about. Sorry, these are all. Uh, Ezra Miller has been charged with burglary in Vermont. Uh, Vermont? I thought yeah. he was in Hawaii. Why is he in Vermont? Yeah, they are just trekking across the country, committing crime. It's like Bonnie and Clyde. <laughs> except it's just except Bonnie. It's, except, it's, except it's the Flash and an 18-year-old <laughs> that they've fucking groomed. <laughs> uh, and then, yeah, pivoting from that, obviously, too. Uh, uh, this is two weeks in a row. I don't want this. Uh, Olivia Newton-John passed away today. I know, I saw that, and I was I was heartbroken. Obviously, I think I know her most famously from Greece. Yeah. Um, but that's the thing that I saw here on Twitter was John Travolta posted, uh, she was 73, uh, but he posted a, a, a nice little thing, a statement for her. He said, My dearest Olivia, you made all of our lives so much better. Your impact was incredible. I love you so much. We'll see you down the road, and we'll be, all be together again. Uh, yours from the first moment I saw you and forever. You're Danny, you're John. Mm. Damn. But she was. She was 73. Um, I don't know if there was a cause of death. Um, it might have just been. Um, unfortunately. It sounds like maybe it was cancer. Oof. That's always tough. I'm looking here to make sure. Uh, so it doesn't look like it specifically says, so I don't want to. But yeah, she did. She passed away at 73. It sounds like um, yeah, she was with her family and That's everything. Good. It was a nice, uh, as nice as those things can be. Yeah. Right. I used to watch uh, Grease a lot as a kid, actually, because my sister, who's like five years older than me, found it like right at the at her age. She's like about five and a half years older than me. Mm-hmm. She discovered it like at like ten, so I was right in the sweet spot to be at the whim of everybody else, but to remember everything. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I, I've got a like I know a lot of songs, and uh, yeah, Olivia Newton-John was also. Uh, wonderful in that movie. She's a good singer, uh, you know, very gifted singer, and uh, yeah, that was a that's a movie that that's the kind of work that I think an artist obviously would like to have. Where Grease is a almost fifty year old movie, and I think it'll be around far longer than uh, than than anybody involved with the movie. You know, it'll outlive them, which I think is a oh, a nice absolutely. a nice way for for them to be remembered is the things they create. You know, a lot of artists live by that thing of, you know, leaving the place that you, you know, leaving the place nicer than you found it, right? Right. And so if they put some art out that makes people happy and is beautiful and, and remembered that way, then it's a good way to, to, to leave your mark. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, rest in peace. That was, mm, I, I so. remember seeing that, I remember seeing that on Twitter in the, the news and 
I remember I it, I did kind of sit back and I was like, oh damn, yeah. And it's I feel like we're losing a lot of people. And that's just really sad. That's why I said this is two weeks in a row, and I don't want it to be a, to be a trend. Mm-mm, I'd rather it not be. No, but uh, and I've said it every time we brought up a death. There's really no good way to pivot out of it, so I'm just gonna move on to the next thing here. Yeah. Next. Uh, no. Yeah. You asked me what I was thinking about. <laughs> yeah. What do you think about it? Uh, so I started reading this book called The Long Way Home. I think I told you about it in like our private lives. Uh, yeah. So from reading or listening to my Heart for History podcast, I was kind of, you know, suggested some sponsor. things. Not no, not a sponsor. Uh, you know, my my phone goes, "Oh, you you like that shit? How about this?" Right, and so it recommended me a book that is actually a true story, and it's called uh, "The Long Way Home." Mm-hmm. And I'm gonna read the the synopsis here to you because it was like I read it and I was like, "Damn that shit!" That is a good like fucking that. book. Yeah, uh, and so far it is a very good book. It takes it's. Uh, I'm not very far into it because I just started reading it the other day. Um, and I haven't been like sitting down and powering through it. But the uh, yeah, the, the synopsis here says: Following the Japanese attack on Pearl Harbor on December seventh, nineteen forty-one, a giant four-engine Pan American Airways Boeing flying boat, registered as NC eighteen six zero two, under the command of Captain Robert Ford, embarked on a remarkable journey. Caught en route over the South Pacific at the time of the Japanese attack, Captain Ford and his crew were forced into a flight plan that none of them had anticipated when they left San Francisco on December first for what was uh, to have been a a routine round-trip commercial flight to New Zealand. Faced with the threat of interception by Japanese forces, they were ordered to take their strategically viable aircraft on a globe-girdling 31,500-mile, six-week odyssey, heading westward, mostly across territory that had never been flown over by a large commercial aircraft. With no suitable navigation charts, no certainty of, of obtaining fuel or servicing, and under a total veil of secrecy and radio blackout for security purposes, They threaded their way across the war zones of the Far East, the Middle East, Africa, the South Atlantic, Brazil, and the Caribbean to bring their aircraft home safely to New York. This is the story of that historical flight. Yeah, that sounds really good. Yeah, and what's nice is it's written by a guy who got to actually talk with the captain of the flight. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And he got to do like a three-hour interview with him, and he recorded interaction with him. uh, And then he got to talk to a couple of the flight crew as well who were still alive at the time, Mm -hmm. Um, which is hard because it's a relatively recent book insofar as I think it's from like the late 90s to early 2000s so to still have yeah. a World War II vet who was alive to um, you know, to talk about that or not a World War II vet but somebody from World War II right. era you know uh, and yeah so far it's a really good read and it's nice to have like that true first hand account of something like that and it is that kind of story where you're like that sounds like a movie or like a, a fictional right, story yeah. it's so, so exciting and cinematic uh, but for it to be a real thing that happened, um, it's another one where I'm like, I wonder why that's not. Like, I looked it up, and nobody's ever made a movie or anything. We got to get a patent. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. But uh, but no, that's a really. It's so far, it's a really good book. Um, and then uh, on that same subject, sort of, uh, I finished my my episodes of Hardcore History about yeah. the Pacific War, and yeah. so now I'm listening to. I went on and I. I went and supported him because, like we talked about, I think when I brought it up a couple weeks ago, um, Hardcore History doesn't do any like ads or anything like that. So he's always talking about that they're listener supported, and I thought, you know what, I've listened to quite a bit. I'll probably go go to his site and see see how I can support him. You know, sure. And he actually sells uh, his 
older episodes. So he only keeps like a certain number of series out at once for free and then kind of like vaults them, I guess. And so I picked up a few uh, that I thought sounded interesting. So I'm starting with the blueprint for Armageddon, which is about World War One. And I've mm-hmm. full disclosure, I've listened to that one before. And it's just it's so good. It's like a six part series. And it's like 24 hours of audio. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah. And uh, and then I think I picked up one about the fall of the Roman Empire and then one about the um, the Mongol Empire, like Genghis Khan's like Ooh. rise and fall. Yeah. yeah. And so I'm like, fuck, dude, I'm going to have like just weeks you're of good. content. Yeah, yeah I'm you're set. Solid. I know I started a podcast um, called the Simply Whelm podcast. I've been listening. <laughs> to that. It's pretty good. It's heat. Yeah, so. It's mid. Yeah, check it's that Simply Whelm. Yeah, it's Simply Whelming, so. And then the last thing here, I played a game, or I've been playing a game, I haven't finished it yet, uh, from the creators of This War of Mine and Frostpunk, which I know that we've talked about Frostpunk on before. Yeah. Uh, called South of the Circle. And uh, it's a little bit of a different game for them, because every game that I've played for them has been um, a, a specific kind of feeling or vibe of like being a strategic game that also has some like personal stakes to it as far as like I'm I'm worried about this individual or right. like when we played Frostpunk it was about I'm worried about you know community the, the morality of my law that I'm putting yeah. in place you know and trying to balance survival with like being good people right right uh whereas this is a much more like there's a little bit of a choice based um but it's a it's a very narrative heavy uh game where it's about a a, a person who's, I believe he went to Oxford, um, and he crashes in Antarctica, uh, like a plane crash in Antarctica, and you don't really know why he was there, but that's kind of how the story's uh, unveiled to you, is he was mm-hmm. in a, cr- a plane crash, and he's trying to get to help, basically, and as he's traveling across Antarctica, he has like flashbacks to different like vignette moments in his life, where sure. you actually get to make choices for him, as far as like, okay, what did he do in this situation? And it's a pretty simple game, but it was also only like 11 bucks, I think. Sure. Um, there's not a lot of gameplay, per se, to it. It's a lot of, uh, like, almost visual novel of yeah. just picking. You don't even pick the dialogue. You just pick, like, the tone of the dialogue. So it'll ask you, like, do you want to be, you know, shy and, and withdrawn, or do you want to come off as confident or angry or whatever, you know, happy, flirty, whatever it might be. Blasphemy! But no, I mean, so far it's been pretty fun. Um like I said, it's a little bit different from some of the other games that they've made, so I was like, well, mm-hmm. I, I've loved this War of Mine and Frostpunk both, and so to see something that that style of game is up my alley uh, of, like, the, the visual novel, but um, I was like, yeah, I'll pick it up and give it a poke. And so far, I've enjoyed mm-hmm. it. I need to finish it up. It feels like I'm close to the end, and from what I've been reading, because of the choice-based options, there are multiple endings, so if it's Ooh. if it is as quick as it seems like it is, I might run through it a few times. See, Yeah, absolutely. But, so we've played uh, yeah. Frostpunk, but I'd like to play this War of Mine. I mean, I've got it. If you want to, we can, we can do it for old time's sake. You know, split a split a case of of beer and <laughs> stay up until four in the morning playing that. <laughs> Waking up your old roommate. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking yeah, we shrieking. Just, we we go to you know he he has a house now. We just go to his house and wake <laughs> him up by playing the game. Yeah. He and his girlfriend. Yeah, we bust in there. Bust in there. Right, we're going to get drunk and play video games so we don't bother you. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay. Hey, if you're listening, oh. you know who you are. Uh, 
Uh, we're going to invite ourselves. Like, yeah, we're still thinking about you. <laughs> yeah. Just wake you up. <laughs> we got like a party pack. <laughs> We've just got too much checks mix and a lot of booze. <laughs> for one night, too much. We got like yeah, multiple for like bottles. six for like six hours of gameplay. Like, <laughs> we just. By the end of it, we're just throwing we're up on your, your setup. Turnt. And we're crunk. <laughs> Too crunk. So, we want to thank you guys so much for your attention and support. If you guys enjoyed this episode, be sure to give it a great review. Tell your friends about it. Share us on social media. You know, I said it every time. I'll say it again. Word of mouth is a great endorsement. Uh, again, I'm, like, checking for receipts. I'm, I want to see some fucking shares, people. Like, <laughs> if we're going to spread the good word... We gotta start. Yeah, yeah, we gotta start. The movement starts with you, you know. Have you heard the good news? Have you heard the word? You know. <laughs> Do you have a moment to talk about our uh, our hosts, <laughs> our Lord and Savior, our hosts? Yeah. Uh, uh, uh. Yeah, and it's a We're church, not a, not a cult. Yeah, it's not a cult. It's a church. If we really lay into that church thing, I think we talked about it before. We might get some tax breaks. So, Chris, if people wanted to get in touch with us, give us some feedback, ask us questions. Uh, you know, send us in some pamphlets. How would they do? Yeah, of course. You can always reach out to us. Well, we have our YouTube now, which is Simply Wellm Podcast, which is also our Facebook and our Instagram. Our Twitter Twitter handle is Whelmed underscore. Stop it. Is Whelmed underscore Simply. Um, and then of course our email is always Simply Whelmed Mailbag at gmail dot com. That's right. Uh, next week we'll probably be doing a topic since we don't have any major release shows or movies or anything like that to come out, to the best of my knowledge at least. Apparently uh, that Brad Pitt movie Bullet Train isn't very good, which is a pretty major bummer. Oh, I was really excited for it too. I was too. Well, like, maybe we go see it and talk about maybe, it. Yeah, maybe we still check it out. But uh, I also had someone suggest that we look at some older films that have massive pop culture influence. And I say older films. I mean, I think the example they use is Dark Knight. Um, sure. And review them like we do our new releases. I don't think that's not a bad idea. We can go over some. You know, we can go over some of my favorite movies. They may may not be the same. You know, like you you yeah. may have a movie that you really like that I don't like. I don't know if we're allowed to talk about pornography. Uh, probably not. Oh, okay. Well, then you won't have a lot of favorites. Because <laughs> for those that don't know, Chris is a chronic man. <laughs> like, I, I do like to go fishing. This man's got tennis elbow. On the rig. <laughs> Tennis elbow. Jesus, just the repetitive motion is destroying the joint. <laughs> <laughs> what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Yeah, what, what are you going to do about it? Yeah. yeah. The, the tendons in that arm are like the sweatpants on an old man. Just <laughs> worn out. They don't hold up anymore. Blown out. Blown out. <laughs> <laughs> They're just you blown like out. A, yeah. You look like a charger from Left 4 Dead 2. You just got a gimpy little arm and just a monster of an arm. <laughs> I was, this morning, I was putting on uh, my swimming trunks again, you know, because going yeah. back into the pool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah, water, I mean, yeah. it, it was so cold putting them back on because they're not all the way dry. Right. Yeah, it's a And, major I mean, I just said, like, my dick and nuts felt like beef jerky and raisins. Oh, just all God shriveled and I was not not having just, a good time. You just time. looked like a baby boy just, you know, <laughs> just a newborn infant getting a diaper change. 
<laughs> I will say, uh, I had a pretty strong, you know, going as we're leaving, we're getting changed and everything. And we go in the locker room and there are kids walking around. So we're like, we can't, there's no lockers or, you know, there's no rooms or curtains, or anything you, you do just have to shut down right there. Yeah. And so we wrap our towels around our, our waists and then we're dropping them, you know, underneath yeah. the towel, put on the, you know, uh, underwear. And then by that point you can ditch the towel, put on your pants and leave. Right. I mean, there's like, and I felt wrong doing it because oh, right? yeah. this, this kid's walking by and I just stop what I'm doing, just, but there you, you got to have them. There was just one older guy oh, just God, in dude, the shower, oh, just hanging brain. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's got the, the, what is he? He's got the soap around his neck yeah, with the, like, on a rope. Like, yeah. <laughs> Fucking washing what, himself, man. And I was what's just, the line from uh, from Austin Powers? Looked like two eggs and a hanky, you know? Yeah, dude. I mean, it was just, and it's one of those where I was like, oh, and I kept my eyes straight. <laughs> this is what I better. No one is more confident than an old man in a locker room. I mean, he'll put a dude. foot up and dry the balls, yeah. you know? <laughs> he don't care. He's slapping them around, just bouncing them on the towel, patting <laughs> them putting baby powder on him. <laughs> he looks like he's sifting fucking river water, you know? <laughs> Trying to find gold. Just tossing around what's in here, you know? <laughs> Anything left? <laughs> Starts grooming him like a chimpanzee does, you know? <laughs> pushing him around, picking stuff off him. Oh, thank you everyone so much for listening. Of we will course. see you next Wednesday. That's the end of the show, Chris. Totally bye. Bye! Just, just a monster bag. It's like a dude, deflated balloon. An older guy, dude. And he just when I looked <laughs> over, he just had both of his arms up on the wall. <laughs> and he just had his he just had his head pointed down in the shower on him, and you just see just his big fat fucking nuts hanging, <laughs> like an old dog. <laughs> yeah. Like an old dog. <laughs>